great addition of strong style this one titled mic drop mic drop is what we're gonna call this one mic drop and uh, of course we'll get into what that has to do with it um, welcome in I uh, decided to wait till today. This is uh, we're recording this on Saturday evening, in case it drops sometime on Sunday or so. Uh, decided to wait. I wanted to go ahead and uh, include uh, Ring of Honor and Friday Night SmackDown, of course, in what we're doing. Uh, for now, I think I'm going to try to keep it along those levels. Maybe try to do it that way. Although we may just flip the script again and you know just start doing them on Thursdays again. But I like to include as much of this as possible. Uh, so we could talk about it. We're going to go th- for people who are new to the show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media, a uh, lifelong wrestling fan. And uh, what we do is all the wrestling that is recent and on television, we, uh, we go over the matches. I'll tell you what I like that's going on, where I think things are going. I'll tell you what I don't like. And uh, you guys feel free to chime in in our various media outlets and let us know what you think, things you want to. Things you want to um, talk about, things you want me to talk about. Uh, if there's particular guests that you'd like me to try to get on, maybe a, a local guy you like, um, I do just leave this caveat out there. The higher the organization, the harder it is for me to get them on. Keep that because, hey, I would love to have, you know, the John Cena's the world too, but a uh, lot of a lot of red tape that uh, I'm not afraid to try to go through. Just a lot harder to promise them. Just keep that in mind. But um, yeah, let's just start with Monday Night Raw. Well, let's start with a few announcements. Um, the state of Florida deems the WWE as far as what they're doing at the Performance Center, everything there, as necessary. I, I agree. They it, and it's not just oh well, it's a distraction. Oh, it's sports. Oh, it's it's no, it's not that. It's the WWE employs and employs tons of people down in the Orlando and Florida area, and also helps the economy because they are connected to so many other businesses and entities down there. So in order to keep a lot of things going, you keep the WWE going. Now that being said. The fact that other organizations have, because uh, AEW and uh, WWE are the only ones that are doing uh, live things, 
you know, no fans, but doing a lot of things each and every week. Um, and that's totally up to them to do things like this. I don't fault Impact Wrestling. I don't fault uh, New Japan. I don't fault Ring of Honor for doing the things they do because there is a lot of safety involved in what they're doing, and they feel that that is the best way to, to protect their employees and the wrestlers and everything. And uh, WWE is doing it as careful and safe as they deem necessary, and that is totally up to them. I don't fault either one of them. So, you know, you, you guys keep doing what you're doing. But uh, Florida deemed them necessary, so the WWE is going to continue putting out content, which we appreciate. Just trust me, I have a backup plan in case that something ever happened with that here for this show. Um, the UFC's Colby Covington. It's going to transition to the WWE in 2021. You know, uh, 20, I guess 2019 or so. Ronda Rousey uh, bridged over from MMA and UFC. Uh, now, Colby Covington's going to do it next year. You had Gronk kind of halfway start it this year. I think Gronk will be making his debut later this year. Uh, he's, he's just getting his feet wet with some of the stuff going on here. But, uh, yeah, Colby Covington coming over. Come on over. And then the reason why I called it Mike Drop, um, a real legend passed away the other day, and they were able to honor him on SmackDown. I'm sure they'll do something on Raw as well. Howard Finkel passed away, the voice of the WWF for so many years, and WWE a little bit. Um, I always said that if I made it as a wrestler, I, I would want him to announce at least one of my matches. Uh, ring announcer, he was the WWF's, WWE, whichever you want to call it. He was their first official employee. Uh, I had a friend of mine send me the caption where Seth McMahon was saying a tribute on Twitter to him, and he said, said it was their first employee. I said, yeah, that's correct. He is, It's kind of a little-known fact, but not. it's pretty public that he he was their first. He was their first. I believe he was 70 years old when he passed uh, just the other day. Howard Finkel was just so good. If you watched anything... I don't know what, from, I'd say maybe 2005 backwards, I'm sure he's the ring announcer, especially anytime he would announce a, uh, a title change during a match, you know, and the winner of the match, or you go, the winner of the match, and new, and the, he just belts it out like that, nobody did it like Howard, and uh, just... Uh, thoughts, prayers, and condolences to his friends and family and, and everybody that he touched. Uh, our good dude, man. Real good dude. Uh, also, I want to address something real quick before we get into the matches. Um, a lot of people uh, noticed that the WWE uh, laid off quite a handful of people. You know, about 20, 25 wrestlers and a bunch of other personnel and some other people. And um, and uh, they were a little up in arms about it. They said, well, the virus is causing them to do it. No, 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 no. It's called the WrestleMania cut. Every year, uh, about, I don't know, usually a couple weeks after WrestleMania, they kind of do a roster cycling where they let go of, you know, 15, 20, 25 wrestlers and personnel. Because they're bringing in that many, and they're promoting up, and it's it's you know 
it's it's just part of a cycle. It's think of it like your favorite baseball team. Um, yeah, you love the legend and everything like that, but at some point they move on from the legend. They bring in the new young guy. Well, that's kind of what they're doing here. It doesn't all, it's not always an age thing, and it's not always – sometimes they just do it to shake things up, fresh opponents, stuff like that. It is unfortunate because a lot of people's fan favorites a lot of times are a part of these, you know, kind of maybe the smaller guys that you just seem to like, you know, the Zach Ryders, Kurt Hawkins, those kinds of guys, uh, you know, Luke Gallows and, and uh, Carl Anderson in this one. I guess they go back to Japan anyway. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they laid off some employees as well. Um, part of that could be virus related. Part of it is, once again, they just, they're going with necessary personnel. And, uh, you know, they watch out for their people, though. So that, but it's a, for the most part, it's a very regular thing that they do. And it's, you know, other companies do it too. So, they're not doing it just because of the virus or something like that. It's just the cycling that happens. Now, let's get into some wrestling action because there was quite a bit of it. Raw opens up with Ashka versus Ruby Riot. This is a Money in the Bank women's qualifier match. Apparently, the Money in the Bank is going to involve ladders on the roof of the building for some I don't know what reason. I don't know. There's a belt being hung by a helicopter. If it is, you heard it here first. But uh, Ashka versus Ruby Riot, the returning Ruby Riot, who's had a pretty good showing since coming back. She's a good wrestler. You could tell she she really can can really get some good stuff done. Uh, that being said, Ashka is just that good. You know, I had said before that uh, if the Kabuki Warriors are a tag team, that's a great thing. Um, if you split them up into singles wrestlers, they are really, really, really good. And in this case, uh, Ashka with the big victory there. She moves on to the Money in the Bank qualifier. Um, they are right back to doing the same thing they did before, where Alistair Black, uh, this time he ran over Oni Lorcan, who is becoming one of my favorite NXT guys because the dude just outworks everybody. But uh, Alistair Black ran over him, made him look like uh, he was a, a second grader or something like that. Although I don't think Alistair Black would actually kick a second grader in the face like that. Uh, it was an okay match, but it was a squash match all the way around. I don't like squash matches. Uh, winner of that match, whoever didn't watch it. I'm not even giving credit to who did. Whoever didn't watch that match, you're the winner. Congratulations. Uh, Sarah Logan took on Shayna Baszler in what ended up being Sarah Logan's last match with the company. That's a little foreshadowing there. This was a Money in the Bank qualifier. This match ended where um, Shayna ba- uh, as Sarah Logan was about to get up, Shayna Baszler jumped up and uh, kind of stomped on right below the elbow. And it supposedly, supposedly broke Sarah Logan's arm. I hope it didn't. I'm pretty sure it didn't, but it looked, it looked pretty wicked. And Sarah was deemed unable to finish the match. They're trying to build up Shayna to, to be a, a killer, which she's already won. But uh, Shayna Baszler with the win there. And, uh, you know, I don't like using the future endeavor thing. But uh, Sarah Logan, you are welcome on this show at any time. I was a fan of your work, and uh, good luck in uh, the next chapters of your wrestling career. Here's one of them like We had Akira Tozawa take on Austin Theory, who came out with Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega is slowly building herself a heck of a stable over there. Now that Andrade is back, man, they, uh, they might be like a member short of uh, really doing something. Just wicked. 
But uh, Austin Theory actually gets the wind on this one. He is a good, young, up-and-coming guy. He Being cast into this group automatically because of the Andrade injury uh, definitely helped and, and propelled a lot of things. And, you know, they, they had the choice once Andrade come back, uh, do, you, do you let the kid stay up or do you move him back to NXT? They chose to let him stay up for a minute. And uh, wish him the best as well. Because not to be outdone, the next match was Angel Garza, his tag team partner, and stable mate there. He took on uh, Tahuti Miles. Uh, there was a photographer at ringside for the Angel Garza match. Uh, she had a camera. Uh, he kept smiling and waving and, and things like that. I am pretty sure that this is Garza's fiance that he proposed to one of his last nights in NXT on NXT. It was on NXT. I'm pretty sure that's who that was, but uh, Angel Garza gets the victory there. Um, Tehuti Miles is pretty good. Angel Garza is, is really fluid. Uh, next, we had Kari Sane, who is Ashka's tag team partner. She took on Nia Jax, the returning Nia Jax. Um, this was a squash. Kari Sane tried to do what she could. Nia Jax, it's still very rough in trying to come back. And, uh, it, it was just a, a goofy, goofy squash as normal. But Nia Jax wins. She moves on to the Money in the Bank qualifier. Uh, Bobby Lashley with Lana. Bobby, who seems to be having trouble with Lana. Shocker. Uh, took on No Way Jose. If I'm... Could be mistaken. I think Jose was one that was let go as well. But, uh, Lashley... Almost lost this because Lana kept screaming at him to do different things, and he finally just told her to shut the hell up. I don't think these two are going to last very long. But uh, Lashley ended up with the victory. No way Jose is a good worker. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't remember if he was one of the cuts or not. But either way, good luck to Jose. I wish they'd give him a little bit better gimmick, but that one seems to be fun. You need a fun guy like that. Uh, that brought up the Viking Raiders, who took on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, a new tag team they are starting to feature. Um, this was really good, because you get the Viking Raiders, who are very agile big men, who use power a lot, but they can also jump around when they need to. Versus Ricochet, who is one of the best pound-for-pound uh, -pound wrestlers on the planet. He does just exceptionally innovative things all the time. It's Cedric Alexander, who is really Really ring smart, and gosh, he does some stuff as well that's right there with Ricochet. Um, this, seriously, was a good match. Very good match. Uh, the Viking Raiders ended up with a victory, which I thought was, was uh, interesting because Ricochet and Cedric Alexander won their debut last week. I thought maybe they would win this week, but hey, the Viking Raiders are still one of the more stable teams, and I think their success is part of the reason why Gallows and Anderson were let go. Because they're similar tag teams in, in the way they work. In my opinion. And then that left the main event. Your world heavyweight champion, Drew McIntyre, took on the television champion. Not television. Uh, was the Intercontinental US, US champion, I believe. 
Andrade with Zelina Vega. Um, Austin Theory did come down there. Angel Garza did come down there as well. And Drew McIntyre still prevailed, as he should have. This was good. This helped put Andre, uh, Andrade on a different uh, scale. Not on a different map, not a different level, yet a different scale. This showed that he can hang with, with uh, not only the current champ, but with that upper level when he wants to. So maybe this is a uh, precursor of, uh, of things to come. That moved us to Impact Wrestling on Tuesday night. Uh, Johnny Swinger, who used to wrestle right down the road here, took on Action Mike Jackson, a NWA uh, powerhouse from way back in the day. Uh, Mike has been wrestling for probably 40 or 50 years or better. He's still really good. Um, these two have faced a lot. Include I've seen them face each other at least twice, just a handful of miles up the road from where I'm currently sitting in the home studio. Um, Johnny Swinger with the victory there, but it was good to see action Mike Jackson. Uh, dude was really cool. The few times I've spoken with him, uh, Johnny Swinger is too. This was way before Johnny was doing the gimmick he's doing now, but very much so. This this is this is a good match. Uh, that brought up uh, the Rascals, which was Trey and Wentz, took on Triple uh, XL Fun Size, which is AC Romero and Larry D. And they also took on Reno Scum, who is Lester the Legend, of course, and Adam Thornstone. And they also took on TJP and Fala Ba. That is it's an interesting mix to put those together. Um, Reno Scum, an established, uh, a really good tag team. They really work well with each other. They have a, an interesting look. I think you could do some things with them. They, of course, are paired up with uh, Ace Austin. Uh, AC Romero and Larry D are very much big dudes, but they can work. The Rascals, we know, they, they flip and fly a lot and do some innovative things. But uh, TJP and Fala Ba. They end up getting the win in this one. A pretty good match. It, uh, each of them got to feature different things they do, and I thought in the end that that it, it was it was a solid match. Impact Wrestling is doing a little better job of, of pairing up the right people to be in the ring together because they're loaded with talent and they have affiliates in Mexico and Japan where they're able to uh, get talent, pick talent. Uh, and, you know, kind of do exchanges here and there when they can, temporary ones. Kind of like in soccer, transfers is kind of what I would call it. You know, you send me this guy for a little while, and I'll send you this guy. Okay. But, uh, win for TJP and Fala Bob. Not sure where this is going at this particular juncture, because uh, as much as Impact Wrestling likes, because all their shows have had fans. These are all pre-tapes. They like to do you know, a month or so's worth of tapings uh, all at once. So at some point here soon, they're going to slowly run out of footage that they've had, you know, unseen footage. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. At this point, they still got them. They're still able to use it. And, um, uh, you know, their, their multi-people matches are actually usually pretty good. Then 
We had a uh, um, his name is uh, I think Rohit Rojaj from the is it the the Desi Hit Squad or the Delhi Hit Squad, whatever it is. Um, he took on returning Hernandez. Good to see the big fella back. Hernandez just has a, a swagger to him. Uh, he he's a lot of fun. A lot of people would recognize him maybe from Lucha Underground, other places, but um. Him and Homicide used to be the original LAX, and they really helped put the tag division on the map over in Impact Wrestling years ago. But uh, Hernandez actually got the victory in that one. Good to see a returning star actually get a win. That's not something they typically do. But in this case, they did. They uh, then showed a match that they did. Um, over in uh, Cutter, it was Cutter Pro Wrestling QPW where Eddie Edwards took on Michael Elgin. My Michael Elgin is it Elgin. Elgin. I'm going Elgin. Uh, these two have been fighting for the better part of the last two or three months. They, of course, are supposed to be two thirds of a triple threat to go for the championship against Tessa Blanchard. And uh, Eddie Edwards, as good as he is, Michael Elgin is on a little bit of a roll. And in this case, Michael Elgin picks up the victory with his big power slam. These two destroy each other every time they see each other. It is actually a really, really good matchup to where I'm okay with any of them winning, either one of them. Uh, now, of course, he did have help from Brian, the returning Brian Cage. In this one, but, you know, a win's a win. And let's see. Then we had Trey, who was the third member of the Rascals. He took on Ace Austin. Uh, Ace Austin is really, um, it's weird, as his has, he modifies his look, and I think it goes one direction. In the other direction, his skill is going up, and him and Trey put on a, a good show. A really good show between the two of them. Ace Austin, of course, getting the victory in that one. Um, that got us to the uh, main event. Where Taya with Johnny Bravo took on Tendil Dashwood. A lot of people might know her. She was... God, I can't think of her name. She was kind of the the bashful, shy Australian girl that hung out with Santino Marilla. But uh, she's a very accomplished wrestler worldwide. Uh, this was a pretty good match. Um, Tennille is, is a little more polished, but Taya is a lot more flashy and precise. So it, it actually ended up being a really good matchup. Um, uh, Taya with the victory in this one here. That's Taya Valkyrie. She is the wife of one uh, now John Morrison. He was Johnny Mundo at the time they got married there. But uh, yeah, the returning uh, he's Morrison, you know, from Ms. Morrison WWE. They brought us to NXT on Wednesday night. Yet, yet Fabian uh, Eigner with Mar Marcel Martel, part of Imperial. With uh, Walter and 
I always forget the other guy's name. Either way. Uh, he took on Finn Balor. This was an exceptional match. I know I say that, that all these are good matches. Well, a lot of them were. This one was really good. We know Finn Balor can work. We know he can work with all kinds of different opponents. What we didn't know was that Fabian Eichner can not only hang with him, he can sometimes surpass Finn with some of the stuff he was doing. This was really good. There was a lot of technical aspects to it. There was a lot of uh, mechanical aspects to it. But at the end of the day, we all know that Finn Balor is slowly working his way through Imperial to get to Walter, who is the champ. And that means Marcel Martel will probably be his opponent this week. This was a really good match. Uh, moving on to the next one, you had Aaliyah, who's okay, versus uh, Zia Lee, returning Zia Lee after getting uh, banged up and injured and taken out of a big match just uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Zia Lee definitely got her revenge in this one. Leah did some, she did, was able to get some stuff in. But Zia Lee is just a, a really good wrestler right now. And if they allow her to do some things the way she does them, then uh, she's going she's gonna to really be something. Isaiah Swerve Scott took on Akira Tozawa. Well, we know Tozawa had already wrestled once this week. Uh, he was able to rebound off of that one and actually got the victory over Swerve. Uh, this was good. This was this shows you where the cruiserweight division is down there. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good thing, and we'll we'll get a little bit into that in a second. Because this was a, a, there are two brackets. I don't have my list in front of me. But yeah, there are two brackets, uh, kind of an A and a B, and uh, Tazawa and Swerve are in one. There's uh, four of the people in another. They're all going to face each other. The winners, obviously, of A and B will play, will face off with each other. The winner of that will be your interim cruiserweight champ. Because uh, John Devlin is currently stuck in Ireland with the belt and uh, unable to defend it, but they can't strip him of it because that would be wrong. So uh, he's he's a little upset that they're doing a, a, a tournament style to crown another champ, but he knows he gets to take on that person to uh, pretty much keep his his belt. So it should be fine. Uh, you had Tegan Knox take on Rick. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who is the uh, muscle of Dakota Kai, who accompanied her to ringside. Uh, as good as Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox usually is, uh, Raquel Gonzalez did a pretty good job. I think she she more than held her own. Tegan Knox is uh, a tough matchup for a lot of people, and uh, I'm a big fan of hers. Or not? Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of hers. And uh, I like a lot of the stuff that, t that a lot of these wrestlers down here are doing. They're, they're really excelling and pushing levels and pushing boundaries. And uh, Tegan Knox ends up with the victory here. Uh, she had to take out Dakota Kai first. Of course, the interfering Dakota Kai. But um, this is this is still setting up to where um, the the blow-off match between, uh, between Knox and either Kai or Gonzalez is uh, probably going to be a pretty good one. Yeah, Dexter Loomis, who is slowly growing 
on me as far as um, I like this this gimmick, this character. He kind of serial killerish the way he looks. And he always keeps his eyes big and and uh, just uh, man, he looks like a guy that if you met him in real life, you know that's probably the end of it for you. But uh, he took on Tahuti Miles, who you know. Had a match on Raw. Good for you for having it on Raw. Couldn't rebound in this one. Dexter Loomis with the big victory. The one moving forward as well. Um, He is setting himself up for something. I'm not sure what. Because he was seen under a weird yellow light way back, you know, like against the back wall and the lower level of the, of the, the crowd, which there was none. During the final match, which was the one I'm about to talk about now, where uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong from I can't think of the name of their group now. It's the something era. But anyway, uh, Bobby Fish, big fan of his. Roderick Strong, solid wrestler. Um. They took on Matt Riddle, who is one half of the tag team champions, and Timothy Thatcher, somebody they had signed just recently because, and this was for the NXT tag team belts, because Matt Riddle's original partner is stuck in England right now. Can't think of his name. But uh, Timothy Thatcher come in. Uh, he didn't quite get all the things Matt Riddle was trying to do, but I don't think he, he really knew what half of them were. But uh, he was able to make it work, and the two of them fended off Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong to technically, air quote, retain the tag team title belts. I'm not sure what they're going to do once the other guy comes back, because if I'm Timothy Thatcher, I wouldn't regularly want to give up, just give up my belt, even though it's my buddy. Uh, No, I I won this. So, uh, I don't know, maybe they have uh, him face the other guy to determine... Who gets to stay in the tag team? Yeah, that would be interesting. Even though I'm pretty sure who would win that. But uh, that was a, I mean, that was NXT for the week. Now let's move to AEW. Uh, once again, you had Shivani and Jericho doing the commentary. Uh, it really works out pretty well. Because when one calls the action, the other takes the side. And they were just kind of ping-ponging back and forth. It was actually really, really good. But they opened up with Colt Cabana. Colt, yep, oh, boom, boom. Was taking on the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer, as part of, uh, I think, the opening round of uh, the TNT Championship that they are doing. Uh, Colt did really good. Lance Archer can sometimes be an interesting and odd matchup. He was, in this case, Colt. Really did his best. Uh, this ended up being a uh, a pretty good match. Uh, ultimately, though, the Murder Hawk is is uh, destined to more than likely end up versus Cody in the finals of this tournament. Would be my guess. I'd be willing to bet he beats Dustin Rhodes in the next round and then faces Cody in the final. That's just a guess. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer, just a solid big dude. Um, Kind of weird how he always wrecks somebody at ringside. I mean, 
he did it to like a, a sound producer last week. This week he decked one of the wrestlers down there. So, uh, I don't, I don't know that I'd get in the habit of doing that. That might hurt you somewhere else. But that brought up Cassandra Golden, who took on Dr. Britt Baker, who I don't know that he had her nose fixed. She had a pretty deviated septum after last week. Uh, there was a lot of blood coming from her nose, actually. But the trooper that her and uh, that her and God, who does she face? She was against. Oh, Hikaru uh, Shida. Yeah, her and Shida to rustle through that match. That was crazy. Uh, as much blood was going on. But uh, Cassandra Golden tried her best. Dr. Brett Baker was able to uh, grab the victory with that one. Then we had Suge D, who took on Sammy Guevara. At one point, Suge D was, was doing some dance moves. To which he unwillingly got Guevara to participate in. And Guevara looked at him like, what was that? And he, I swear Shook D said, dude, I don't even know. But uh, obviously Sammy Guevara gets the victory there. But <laughs> Shook D did okay. But uh, yeah, Guevara, they, they like that guy, remember. Uh, Kip Sabian with girlfriend Penelope Ford. Took on Chuck Taylor, who had Orange Cassidy down the ringside. Uh, Kip Sabian, Sabian, man. They speak very highly of him as well. And uh, he looked pretty good in this one. Chuck Taylor is definitely no slouch. He has been wrestling for many years. He is very polished, very good at what he does. And uh, Kip Sabian figured out a way to, to uh, put the victory here. So he drops the victory. Drops Chucky Taylor in the rankings as well. and. Um, you know, I'm sure Orange Cassidy gave him a virtual hug with the social distancing going on. Uh, Justin Law took on Sean Spears. Uh, Sean Spears calling himself the uh, unofficial chairman of AEW. And he's, he's looking for a tag partner. He's been looking for a tag partner. Um, Justin Law will probably not be that, even though Law did some pretty good things, and he almost had Sean uh, beat a few times. Um, so I'm trying to multitask here. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, Justin Law did everything he could come up a little short on Sean Spears. Now this moves us to champion John Moxley versus Jake Hager in a Noah Holtz barred match. They fought all over an empty arena. It was pretty much them two a referee, and a couple sound people.
Um, Um, let me look here, trying to find. Okay, hold on. There's. I'm going to find this somewhere on here because I know it's on here. But uh, yeah, these two fought all over the place. They were, uh, Jim Ross was the one who did commentary and um, clearly it was remotely. But he kept bringing up some interesting facts like... Uh, they would get a steel chair out, and he said, why are there steel chairs when there's nobody, no fans in the arena? Uh, they would throw each other into the barriers at ringside, and he would say, why do we have barriers at ringside when there's no fans, there's no reason to cordon off people? And yeah, it's a good point. Uh, but in the end, John Moxley finds a way to get the victory. Uh, Jake Hager, though, he showed everybody that uh, he's a main event player. Now, I didn't think he was going to win because he's not even the top person in his own faction. That would be Jericho. But what an interesting dynamic would be if if Hager beats Moxley, becomes champion, then Moxley wants a rematch and Jericho wants to be a part of it. Then you get a great triple threat between two guys from one side and one from another. You get that whole dynamic. I'm going to pull a CM Punk here and totally say that, uh, you know, totally say it out loud so that when it happens, we can all look back and go, hey, look, I predicted that. That'd be actually a really cool match. But, yeah, Moxley with the victory on that one. I said it's really good. I like the way they did. I like Jim Ross calling it. He called a exceptional match. It's good to have him back in the mix. That moved us over to SmackDown, uh, where Bliss Cross came out for their talk show. I don't know the name of it. Um, should call it the Bliss Cross Show. Uh, Braun came out. He was interrupted by some videos from Bray. It is just going to make this feud um, really interesting, really entertaining. And at one point, there was a box, a little like a present box. And Braun said, oh, Alexa, you, you didn't have to give me a present. And she's like, I did not. To which... To which uh, when he opened it, it was the black sheep mask or lamb mask that he used to wear when he was a part of Bray Wyatt in the Wyatt family. And uh, it, it kind of enraged him. And, and uh, Bray, you can keep hearing that, that weird laugh he does all throughout the arena. It was um, really building this. And they need to build it. It needs to go for a couple months, in my opinion, to be, if they're done right. Uh, Bailey comes out and starts talking. She ends up um, doing some commentary. 
uh, as Sasha Banks took on Tamina. After Bailey tried to get involved, Lacey Evans came out and knocked her down. Uh, Tamina actually, I believe, did a super kick and beat Sasha Banks. She gets the clean victory. I was slightly happy on that one. It was uh, an okay match. I really liked the ending because a I don't I didn't really like Sasha, and b I felt like Tamina was actually running the match. Sheamus ran over Denzel Dejournay. I believe his name, Dejournet. Uh, by the time you figure out how to say his last name, that match would have been over. Another squash. It didn't prove anything whatsoever, but uh, Sheamus is still back, and they're building him up for somebody. Naomi took on Dana Brooke in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Um, this is a pretty good match. You can tell Naomi is still just now starting to get her sea legs under her, so to say, after coming back from the injury. And uh, Dana Brooke actually gets the nod in this one. She gets the roll-up victory. She is going to Money in the Bank as part of that match. And uh, she'll be doing good. She is a good addition to this match. She's really built up her skills over the years. And uh, I think she's ready for it. Uh, Sonya Deville come out and started boohooing about uh, trying not to lose a friendship to uh, Mandy Rose. And uh, then she made it apparent that she just wanted her out there so she could make fun of her. Um, Dolph came out. Then Otis came out. Uh, they all kind of ran each other off. Uh, at some point, we're going to see some mixed tag matches. Because I guess we haven't seen enough of those lately. Cesaro with... Shinsuke Nakamura took on Daniel Bryan, who had Drew Gulak with him. This is a Money in the Bank qualifier for the guys. The control room guy, who revealed some of the information in the Otis, Mandy Rose, the Dolph, Sonya Deville debacle uh, a week or two ago, uh, he came out and turned towards the screen. Of course, you can't see his face. And he says, like, the truth will be revealed or something like that. So I guess we'll have to figure out what he's talking about when he shows back up again. But in this one, Daniel Bryan wins. He goes on to the Money in the Bank qualifier. Um, this was this was very, very solid between two of the better in-ring workers currently in the WWE. And uh, especially with the guys at ringside, it, it allowed many different things to happen, interactions, stuff like that. And uh, this overall, if it was a tag match, I think it would have still been good. That left us to the main event. And the main event was Big E from the New Day versus Jey Uso from the Usos versus The Miz from Miz and Morrison for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And uh, it it was... A similar rematch to WrestleMania, but it was uh, just a triple threat match as opposed to a triple threat match as opposed to um, the three-way ladder match that was at WrestleMania. Uh, pretty good match overall. A lot of the guys doing some cool stuff, doing some good uh, double-team moves on the third guy. Um, in the end, your winner, and as Green Howard Pinkle would say, and new 
SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Big E Langston wins it for the New Day. And uh, they showed Kofi and Xavier Woods in their perspective uh, apartments, houses, celebrating. New Day, new tag team champions. It moved us lastly, but not least, to Ring of Honor. And I say not least because, you know, they have been featuring different talent, showing two of their, their hand-chosen matches and talking about the evolution of the people there. Um, you know, they, they talked about uh, PCO. They've done Jay Lethal. They've done the Briscoes, you know. Uh, they've all been pretty good. Um, they did Matt Taven this time. Now, I'm not a big Matt Taven fan, but I have a lot of high respect for him because he's battled and he's done so much, had a lot of setbacks. A lot of people thought, especially early on, that he was not a guy that you could build with, that he was not, that he was just kind of a filler guy. Just a uh, guy to side. He could be somebody's underling. But he has really evolved into a guy that not only can be a top guy, but he won and defended the championship many, many times uh, before ultimately losing it to, I think, it was Roosh the one who beat him. Maybe it was. But, uh, yeah, he talked about his the same way that, uh, back in the day when they had the kingdom, the original kingdom, that um, Adam Cole was the guy he wanted to be most like. And he watches as, you know, he shatters his knee and Adam Cole gets uh, gets the opportunity and capitalizes on it to be the world champion. And he always wanted to be to take that spot. And when he was finally able to, that, that uh, just propelled him to want to do it more and do so much more. Um, before I talk about the two matches that, that he had on here, because they were interesting matchups, because he's had some just real barn burners with some uh, exceptionally high-talented guys, and these guys are high-talented that he took on, but uh, it's the matchups you wouldn't expect. The thing I didn't like, I know what they're doing with it, but his uh, former Kingdom member, I can't think, he's the crazier one with the two, um, at the very end, as as it was going off air, that flips to him, and he's basically calling him out and saying, "You always thought you're better than me, but uh, you know, I left you laying at this place." And they're trying to drive up a rivalry between the two, which will happen, and that's fine. It's just here it is that you're trying to feature. You didn't do it for any, you didn't do it to anybody else you featured, but at the very end, you call this guy out, and make him look weak. I just I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And anybody that that knows Matt Taven or Matt Taven, if you're listening. I'm on your side, buddy. I I think that was uh, I think that was a little crappy to do that. I really do. That uh, you, you had a solid episode. I was really enjoying the the feature on you. And then they throw a random uh, promo video against you at the end of it. Didn't like it. But the matches that he chose was uh, when he defended the belt, uh, the world championship against Mark Haskins. Once again, I'm not a big Haskins fan, but. The two of them in this match, oh man, they uh, they really brought out all the weapons they could they could come up with. And when I say that, I'm not talking about chairs and tables. I'm talking about everything 
in their arsenal, their personal move arsenal that they could. And in the end, of course, Taven wins that one. And then you get Matt Taven versus Ultimo Guerrero. And the reason why he said he chose this match was he said it was this match where a lot of people started to look and say, not only is he the leader of the new kingdom, but this is a guy who may actually flourish while being a top guy. He, he felt like his match with Ultimo Guerrero really showcased and put him on that map. And it was a, a really good match. So he's probably right. But that was Ring of Honor. That was the week that was. Um, looking forward to another good week. Like I said, I don't know if we'll be back Thursday or the weekend. We will um, we'll figure that out. Now here at Impact Media, we are going to have some uh, some uh, Facebook Live and YouTube videos coming up soon uh, with some various things. I hope you guys enjoy those. Uh, I believe the first one may be tomorrow. We will we will go with that. But I hope you guys enjoy those. Um, I hope you guys enjoy us when we talk about uh, pro wrestling here on Strong Style. Hope you enjoy when we talk about all the other sports and everything, all the latest developments on Sports Club. And I hope you're just enjoying yourself. Stay safe. Stay home when you can. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. This is called Mic Drop. We're going to miss you, Pink. We'll see you guys next week.